Hi, and welcome to the Well Read Podcast, a bi-weekly discussion on books and reading. I'm Hallie. And I'm Anne. And we are librarians who love to read and talk about books. And today we are going to discuss our reading resolutions for 2020 and talk about uh, what, if any, reading goals we had for 2019 and if we hit them or not. So Happy New Year, Anne. <laughs> Happy New Year, Hallie. How is, we are, how is we are not recording this after New Year's, by the way. <laughs> yes, we might be recording this ahead of time. So we are yes. we are coming to you from the past or from the future. How does that yes. work? I'm not exactly sure. Um, so time travel. That's how? how let's start with 2019. Did you have Did you have resolutions in 2019? Um, not not formal like we used to do mm-hmm. when uh, we actually did an episode because we we were in hiatus, mm-hmm. but. Um, I always have a Goodreads goal, and it's always 104 books. Mm-hmm. So it's it's always at least two books a week. I'm always pleasantly surprised when it goes over, which is every year. So <laughs> it's it's a little goofy, but I always feel a lot of pressure to read more than I am reading, mm-hmm. and not not necessarily pressure, but like guilt, mm-hmm. I guess, because I have so many books in my apartment, and I I just feel like I want to move them out. I want to pass them on to other people and so and so I try to be kind of consistent in in not overextending myself in that way where I I feel like I've uh, committed myself to an arbitrary goal right just for the sake of of doing that because I I, I want to make sure I have balance in my life mm-hmm. and that I allow time for my other interests mm-hmm. so um so yeah I I met my goal uh and I went over my goal and that was really nice and I still have a couple of more weeks uh, to to get there uh, to read some more things and so I'm I, I think that I, uh, in our last episode we talked about how we had uh, pretty good reading years each of us mm-hmm. and we each found a lot of stuff to love and that we our top 10 lists were were it was hard to choose mm-hmm. um, among many great things so so yeah it was it was a good year yeah good how about you yeah so the only real goal I had which kind of wasn't even a goal was I did set a number goal on Goodreads, which I had stopped doing for years because I felt like it was causing me to pick up shorter books as opposed to longer books just so I could get to that number. Um, So I did set one, but being pretty positive that I would hit it because I do so much reading right now because of the committee that I'm on. So my number was, my number goal is 200. I did hit that sometime in November. So I'm beyond that now, but it doesn't even really feel like I said, like it's something that I'm striving for because I just feel like that happens. I mean, just from, if I were just reading the nominations that come in, I would be about a hundred books. So, yeah, and then I have to redefine nominations. So 200, even though that sounds like a ridiculous number and I realize it is a ridiculous number right now, that's just my lifestyle that I am reading yeah. that much. And I do count audiobooks in that. So it's, sure. not, it's not all just sitting and, and reading a print book. It is audiobooks when I'm driving and walking the dogs and things like that. Um, it's actually to, this year will be a lower number total, I think, than the last few years that I've had. And that's because I consciously made an effort to not always be reading <laughs> because I was I enjoy my friends and I enjoy my boyfriend and I enjoy my family and I enjoy getting to do fun things and and I like not always feeling like every single minute that I have that is free time needs to be spent reading so right. um, it's just a balance like you said um, 
And I think that, I think I actually did okay with that this year. I, my main thing this year was to try to manage the reading that comes at this time of year a little bit better because last year when I went onto the reading list, I came in mid-year because somebody else had to step off for personal reasons. And so I had a lot of reading last year between November and January. Oh, I didn't think about that, about how you'd have to catch up. Yeah, I had to, to, yeah, I had to catch up last year because what happened, I mean, I won't bore everybody with the details, but basically I had to, I couldn't start reading any of the nominations until November. And oh my gosh. <laughs> this, that's just, that's not the way the committee is set up purposefully because it, in previous years, it was more like that, like that intense reading time right around the holidays. And so they purposely changed it so it wasn't quite as onerous to have that much reading. And But because I came on mid-year, I, I was in that situation where I had that much to read. It was really intense. It was basically more than a book a day. So going into this year, when I, I knew I wanted to be on the committee again for at least one full year because I thought that, that I just wanted to see the process from start to finish without feeling like I was behind because I did feel like I was behind last year. And so I did want to see what that whole what the whole process looked like. And it gave me the opportunity to manage it a little bit better. So. Right now, I have 27, no, I just finished a book today. So 26 books to read by January 24th or something like that. And I literally took an entire week off of reading (laughs) because (laughs) 26 feels like nothing compared to last year when I had 100 or something. So anyway, so that's, that's a very rambly way of saying I don't really, I didn't really have a goal for 2019 beyond try to manage my, my reading load in a way that did not make me insane at this time of year, which I have actually, I think, fairly successfully done. It does not feel January will be intense because because I'm doing things like Christmassy things. I'm baking yeah. cookies or whatever. Yeah. So instead of just reading, reading, reading. So so that was really so how, I'm sorry. How do you do the the multiple like in that situation where you where you're you have to do multiple books in a day? Mm-hmm. How do you do it? Like like what is your strategy? You just are reading more than that on the weekend and yeah. In. So because you work full time, I do work full time. I do work so. full time. I know. So yeah, I mean, I would try to do two books a day if possible on the weekends. I had last year at Christmas, I took some time off, so I was with my family, and they were very generous in there giving me space and so I would they'd watch a movie and I'd go sit on the couch and in a nearby room so I wasn't feeling totally separated and I would read yeah but I was doing basically a book plus when I could so then on the nights where I did work all day and I wasn't even starting to read until six o'clock at night if I didn't read an entire book that night and it had to carry over to the next day that was okay and I mean, there was some skimming going on. I mean, yeah. there just had to be. They, I would, I would try what my strategy was was to read closely for the first half of the book. Yeah. So I felt like I had given it a good effort, and then if it wasn't a book that I was adoring, I would just skim the second half, pretty much. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and then, but it was hard though because generally the books are very very good i mean they're right. they're books that people felt like were the best of the genre so you want to read them like i yeah. and i knew at the time that if i set them aside i most likely would not come back to them so i wanted to finish them it wasn't like mm-hmm. i wanted to read half and then save it 
for later. I wanted to read the whole thing because I thought I will put this down and in my mind I will have read it even though I never finished it because I just know that that's the way my brain works. So this year has just been much more much more manageable to me. Um, there were there are a couple of uh, no. So November was a similar situation, and June was a similar situation where it's about a book a day for the month. But yeah, I just load up on the weekends if I can. And again, I have people in my life who are just very kind to me, and they understand when I'm like, so I have to read tonight, and yeah. I can't do that fun thing, and I can't. But you know, I've I've tried to balance it a little bit better. Well, and and also, luckily, it's a, it's specifically a genre mm-hmm. um, committee, and or, or yeah, a, a genre thing, mm-hmm. and so that I, genre just goes down a little bit yeah. easier than yeah other stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah. I, I'm sure that helps too to just yeah. you know, genre is known for being plot based, and so it's yeah. it's uh, not to say that it's it's less than mm-hmm. literary fiction, but it just generally can be a little bit easier to engage right. from the beginning which I think is my my issue with I've, I've noticed I don't know if this is a, a result of distractibility mm-hmm. or smartphones mm-hmm. generally <laughs> or, or what but I find that I it's a lot harder for me to get into a book um, not not in the sense that I'm I'm it's not as though I'm like I can't find anything that sounds good right now. And I just keep starting and, and throwing things aside because I'm nothing's really grabbing me. It's just those, those first maybe 30 to 50 pages. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just very distracted mm-hmm. as I'm reading. And so, and then at that point I'm, I'm in mm-hmm. and it's great, but, mm-hmm. but for that beginning of the book, it's, it's like, I don't know if I, I feel like I should understand things a little bit better and I'm just kind of getting my bearings. Mm -hmm. And so it ends up that I feel like I'm rereading a lot of stuff because uh, especially with genre, there's a lot of books that sort of start out with maybe a a chapter like, like in mysteries, it will have a chapter where you just really don't know what is going on or what's being referenced Mm -hmm. or they're, they're sort of, it's almost like a prologue kind of situation. And I always, I always find myself getting tripped up on that because I'm trying too hard to, understand what's going on when the very purpose of that being there is to not understand that and to just be intrigued and so um that's something that's kind of developed in the last maybe five years i would say for me and i don't like it one bit yeah so i'm hoping to figure out some ways to like i know you you've talked about how you just kind of plow into a book and Mm -hmm. you you don't let yourself get distracted by Mm -hmm language or anything mm. that doesn't really work at the beginning mm-hmm. for you you just you just keep pushing forward yeah and I need help with that well and practically I also try to set my phone somewhere else because yeah that will inevitably cause me to be like I don't really like this book <laughs> because uh, every five minutes I'm looking at my phone or yeah. somebody texts me and I see it and then I'm responding and setting the book down so if I can leave my phone in another room or something and just focus on the book. In fact, during the nice weather, I love it because I'll sit on my back porch and read and generally just sit out there without any distractions beyond people mowing their lawn and that are, yeah. you know, neighbors or something like that. It's just that really, really helps me. It's yeah, I, I, I get I'm just like anybody else. I get easily distracted by my phone. Yeah. So. Well, and it's and it's dumb because I I don't e- I don't even have my phone right there, but mm. it's that that mental shift yeah. Yeah. 
that phones have done to yeah. us where where you're just you're waiting for constant stimulation yeah. so when you're you're not completely on board with what's going on and you're not having immediate gratification of I understand exactly what I'm reading right now and yeah. then suddenly my my brain's like you must repeat this paragraph right. a ton of times because you can't you can't move on from it so yeah all right yeah. so anything else for 2019 or should we start talking about 2020 let's move on okay let's <laughs> so I will all start by saying that I while I do have some thoughts in my mind of how I would like my reading life to look I am not making any resolutions necessarily so but I my sense is you are yeah I I mean I've got I've got things I've got plans well tell us about them okay (laughs) Um, so one of the things uh I said to Hallie going into this episode was I can't wait to talk about all all the book challenges I'm going to fail this year (laughs) So, um, I guess that is something for for 2019 that I did do. I I signed up for, I think, five book challenges. And I I know Hallie will agree with this, that I am just a sucker for them. Because you love Love to see what the categories are. It's so much fun. And this time of year when everything is coming out and every uh, book website that you follow is posting their their upcoming challenge you're just like i I will text tally and and say uh oh my gosh the the new one or whatever pop sugar is out or book riot is out and it's just so exciting and so i i just am a sucker for them so of course i'm going to sign up for a bunch of them this year too so um, i don't know that i will finish any of them this year i'm super far behind on keeping track of them like i've i've I just have a bunch that I need to to add of um like I've probably got 20 books that I I have read that I haven't yet added to my spreadsheet mm-hmm. so so I I don't know how the year is going to kind of go uh, because we're recording this a little bit early I'm I'm not really paying attention to that and and I'm I'm traveling over the holidays and so it's just not my priority right now to get all of these these books in inputted into my um spreadsheet but they're just so satisfying to do. So, uh, so the the challenges that I have on my list that I would like to do for the the coming year are the pop sugar mm-hmm. challenge, which that's is, always a good one. Yeah, and it's it's really easy because mm-hmm. the prompts are there are a ton of them, and it's also just kind of easy stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not it's it has kind of a nod toward diversity, but not as hardcore as some of the other mm-hmm. um, challenges. So. Um, it's just it's easy and so I, I'll do that I'll do Book Riot which I thought this year this past year the, the 2019 one was really really hard and that's the point it's mm-hmm. it's supposed to not be I mean the whole the, it's called read harder and that's that's the point of it and so um, but it seemed like this one had had much more obscure things than they had had mm-hmm. in other years like one of them was an own voices from Oceania oh yeah um, I remember that one yeah and I and I'm like oh gosh this is mm-hmm. this is I I think it's particularly hard if you don't love literary fiction mm-hmm. and so which is is just not my thing generally and so um uh, finding genre that that will fit that is is even more daunting. So so I don't know that I'm I'm going to finish that. And in fact, as I was adding books to my spreadsheet on that, I I found that almost nothing fit that I read this year. So um, for that for that challenge, mm-hmm. so I think that the one that's coming up was a little bit more seemed more up my alley mm-hmm. as far as as uh, being challenging, but also things that I would 
be a little bit more uh, naturally mm-hmm. um, aware of. And so that, and, and as a librarian, I feel like I am very aware of lots and lots of subgenres and lots of diversity. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I think that um, it'll be a good one. So um, then on Litzy, I uh, have talked about that app before. I really love it. It's a, a great community. So I encourage any reader to get involved on it. Um, they always have a Litzy A to Z challenge, which um, I need to investigate, but then and A to Z challenges are very popular. Mm-hmm. And so um, and very, you, you see them all over the place, so not just on Litzy, but then there's also a group that does, it's called Litzy Booked, and then the hashtag is like Booked 2020 or Booked 2019 or whatever year it is. And they do, um, it's kind of done seasonally. So instead of having this giant list that you have to do for the year, you have four seasons of maybe eight prompts mm. each. And so you can do them. You don't have to have them done by the end of that, that uh, season. You can fit, you can keep going for the whole year um, if you don't finish it, but you, you don't go ahead. Right. Or at least I don't, maybe other people do. <laughs> I guess it doesn't really matter however you want to do it, but I don't, I try to kind of keep to that season. So, um, and so, and there's just kind of different things that I've found on, on other challenges. Mm-hmm. And so I think that one's fun. Um, there's also a, a reading Europe challenge that's going on that I think I signed up for, which sounds fun. So yeah, so that that I think will be good. And then always there's Modern Mrs. Darcy, yeah. which talk about easy. <laughs> yeah, like I don't even I have mean, to no pick dis- up a book no practically to... to Modern Mrs. Darcy because no, I love not her podcast, I love her blog, yeah. but uh, that is an easy reading challenge. And purposefully, I think from what I, I think so, the way yeah. she describes it, they she, they they do it so that. It is not a stretch, so it's getting people to pick books that they love, that they want to read, and it makes yeah. them feel accomplished to do the the challenge. But yeah, yeah, the, that that if you are a reader at all, I think that the modern Mrs. Darcy one is is pretty doable. Yeah, and she she talks about uh, quality versus mm-hmm. quantity, right. and so you only have twelve books mm-hmm. to read, mm-hmm. so it's it's really easy to um, to fit those in yeah. naturally. Yes. So so I like that one. That one I finish every year. Of course. So. That one's a great one. That makes me feel like, oh, yeah, I did something yeah. awesome. It's like February. You've got it <laughs> I know, you've knocked got out. It done. Uh, so actually, speaking of modern Mrs. Darcy, there was a woman who was on her podcast that I, I follow her on Instagram. I'm trying to think of what her name was. But her challenge for 2019 was to read a book from every year of the 20th century, I think. Oh, yeah, I've seen that floating around. Yeah, I think she did 100 books from every year of the 20th century. Anyway, that seemed like a really fun challenge to take on. And I don't know if there are, like, if there are organized challenges that do that. But I thought that as a personal thing that that was kind of fun. I was one day after I had listened to that podcast, I sort of was dreaming of my own, what my own list would look like if I were to do that. Um, But I thought that 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 was a fun one. Yeah, I think you even messaged me and said, did I? This is what I'm doing right now. And I said, but what about the reading list? You don't have time for this. And you, you're oh, yeah, no, it was, just, it was just like a thought experiment. It's like, if I had the time. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's for that's for a few years from now. Yeah. Um, if um, ever. If ever. Yeah. Who knows? That's the kind of thing that sounds like a great idea. And then on book seven, I think, yeah. oh, no, I want to read a book from 2019. I don't want to. Right. Read. So. Right. Um, and I think the only other one I have is the Reading Women. Uh, oh, challenge. I like that one a lot. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. I think it's it's fun, and sometimes it's tricky because I'll have I'll have read a book that fits, but it's not written written by a woman, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm like ah, I've 
screwed up by yeah. not picking this better. So, um, yeah, but I think they do really thoughtful prompts and, mm. and uh, it doesn't feel arbitrarily difficult mm-hmm. in the way that sometimes I feel like the book riot yes. uh, challenge yes. can, can be like, I, I, this isn't, it's not really a knock against book riot, but I think that they're very um, literary fiction focused mm-hmm. and, uh, and some things are just not really accessible unless you live in a city um, that has yes. a bookstore that cater like like there was one year where they talked about oh, the micro yeah yes a micro press right a book by yeah. a micro press yes yeah that yeah, was the yeah, year yeah. that I sort of wrote off the book riot challenge I've got to be honest because there <laughs> that was were your a breaking co- point <laughs> I'm sorry what that was your breaking point it was, the was. Micro press. it was I'll tell you why because so I liked <laughs> the idea of it which was they had done it for a few years at that point and that year they had six or eight authors that were sort of friends of book riot and oh yeah pick, that's right pick a category yeah so it wasn't really on book riot it was on whoever whatever whoever the author was who i think i know who the author is but i'm not going to say it who picked that category mm-hmm. but i felt like that was hard for the sake of being hard i felt yeah. like what was the point of that what is yeah. couldn't you say a small press couldn't you say a non-big five publisher yeah, why did it have to press. be a micro press i mean that was a situation i was so happy that year because somewhere on goodreads or something somebody posted that there was a um free ebook download basically oh, from yeah. a micro press it was basically a short story or a novella I think I, I and think that's I- emailed that to you actually because a friend of mine recommended oh, it to me really? because yeah. of that and I think I passed it on to you because all three of us are like the only people that have read this one yeah. micropress book. Yeah and so because I just I don't know why I felt like first of all I don't remember if I was still working in a library at the time or what but I get the majority of my books from the library in my reading life on a regular basis and that felt very obscurely difficult to say Yeah, track down a micropress book that would appeal to you I don't know it just that bothered I don't know well, why that bothered me so much but it did it just felt like it felt like hard just for no reason yeah it, and I and I felt like I remember talking to you about it and saying well I did find a bunch of things online and you said no I I don't want to spend my money right. on a book for challenge I want to you're not you're not opposed to reading that mm-hmm. by any means you just in order to accomplish that you had to buy yeah. it and unless unless you found a, a e-press mm-hmm. version of it um, which we did but but yeah I agree that it just it felt like unless you live in New York City you'd have zero hope and I know that I lived in in Beaufort at the time and I had zero like negative amounts of chance yeah of well, being able he, to find it, that book I yeah I mean we don't I don't need to believe her at this point but it just felt like even what that was the offerings, even to pay for it, felt like stuff I didn't need or want to read. I don't know. It yeah. just felt. I don't know. I didn't. I don't like it. But anyway, yeah. okay. So we have your challenges <laughs> that you yeah. Are, oh, are... and and one more thing about that is I want to start my challenges earlier. And I know that I've kind of talked about. I think other years I talked about how I kind of ignore the challenges as far as being purposeful in mm-hmm. what I read for them. Mm-hmm. Um, until maybe halfway through the year and then I try to fill in what I haven't naturally right. read um, and I think I one of the things that frustrates me at the end of every year is that I 
in October, I want to read spooky stuff mm-hmm. exclusively. And in December, I want to read Christmas stuff ex- exclusively. And so having those two months where I feel like, oh, I've still got so many prompts that I, I want to fill in, but I have zero desire to read any of those things right now because I want these two seasonal things. It always frustrates me a lot. So instead of my normal system, Mm -hmm. I want to turn it over and and actually be purposeful. Because I know I have uh, friends, I have a friend who writes for um, Book Riot as a contributor, Mm -hmm. and she talks about how much value that has brought to her life to have this reading challenge because she picks up things she would never have picked and then has found all these great things. And I truly believe in that as as uh, in fact, it's really hard for me to pass up any book because I'm always convinced that some book that never would appeal to me will be the new thing that I I never knew I loved. And so and so I love that with with challenges, mm-hmm. but uh, I need to not just count on filling them in. Right, right, right. <laughs> as I go. Well, and that's a kind of antithetical to what the point of it is, which is it's supposed to right. stretch you. So if you're if you're doing it automatically, if if with your regular reading life you're able to fill it in you don't really need to do the challenge. And right, I have exactly. I have to say, I, I'm being mean about Book Riot, but it actually, it, it coincided with when I started on the reading list anyway, because I probably would still be doing the challenge otherwise. But it definitely has brought me books that I would not have picked up anyway yeah. for any other reason than trying to fit it into one of those challenge categories and really liked them. I mean, I read Helen Oyeyemi because of a book right challenge and loved it oh, so nice. yeah so yeah. yeah yeah I and and I read a book of poetry too one time that I really loved so it, I think there's there is value in these challenges and I think that it's so fun to do them and um yeah it's it's fun Be- to stretch yourself besides the obvious value of being able to make a list and add things <laughs> to a list which, which really there, that really is, is valuable both of us are are what we are looking forward to <laughs> Making a list and then checking things off the list is the yeah. best. It's the best. It's the best. <laughs> uh, all right. So sorry. Now let's move on. So what else um, so, do you have planned? So kind of going off of that, uh, let's talk about bookish events that we we like throughout the year. So <laughs> do you have any bookish events? <laughs> I don't. Do I have any bookish events? No. Because you don't do readathons I at don't. all. My whole life feels like a readathon. Exactly. You live a readathon. I don't do any of those. Um, <laughs> no. You're like the one reader who doesn't get get into into the reading world at all, which I don't think I used to be either. Oh. Um, when you say the reading world, what do you mean? Like the social media reading world? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like. And I'm not really a bookstagram person very much either. So, and, and you do a little bit more of that, but you don't do like the super curated no, gosh, no. post about it. You just, you just post stuff you like. Right. Um, and so I don't, I don't really get into on, on readathons. I don't care very much about like, here's a challenge you can do. And here are, spend, spend 10 minutes rooting for people on Twitter that are also doing the reading challenge. Like I like the, the sociability of it, but I also don't want to get distracted at, from the reading. And I, but I do really love that it forces me to just say, I'm, I'm 
not going to feel guilty about other things I ought to get done that day. Uh, like I'll get them done earlier. I, if I need to clean my apartment, it has to get done so I can really allow myself this time because I, I really struggle to, uh, I, I struggle a lot with guilt of having, it's not even like, like social stuff. Like I, I have no problem with saying I'm going to go do the social thing instead of reading. But if I have a stack of papers that need to be gone through, I really struggle to just sit and read and ignore that. And it doesn't mean that it gets done because I just kind of put off doing both. I sort of dink around in my apartment and like don't get any of it done. I'm not doing the thing I really want to do and I'm not doing the thing that I need to get done. But I like that a readathon forces me to say, no, you you need to clean your bathroom. Therefore, Friday night you were cleaning your bathroom mm. so you are ready for this hmm. other thing that you can do without feeling guilty about it. So I guess that's a resolution is to feel less guilt. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Generally. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. So what bookish so. events are you looking forward to? Um, so I always do the Dewey readathon, mm -hmm. the Dewey's 24 hour readathon. Um, it's twice a year. And I think that uh, it's just kind of it's fun to to have a start time that everyone else that's participating starts at the exact same time across the world. So um, so I think that's really uh, just kind of a different day than any other day of my year. Um, and then I like the 24 and 48 readathon, which is trying to read for 24 hours but stretched over 48 hours so it's it's a whole weekend instead of all condensed into one day and that one's a little bit more uh relaxed and you can if you do have an event going on that day you can take time to go do that instead of feeling like you're um locked mm -hmm. into this 24-hour thing so um but they actually canceled it for january because they i guess sort of need to revamp from how the uh, readathon started and it's just gotten giant mm. and so they're they're taking a, a time off so um so i might still do it i've i've talked to some people on litzy that i'm i'm uh, online friends with about sort of doing a fake version of it um just amongst us mm. and so that could be fun also this is really the thing that i love it's an excuse to, for me to order pizza yeah. <laughs> So when I, I say I can't cook, I've got because I have to read and I have to get, keep these numbers because I love the stats keeping uh -huh. aspect of all of these two. I, uh, I love the stats. So um, if you take time off to cook or to go out to eat or anything, that's time away from reading. Right. So I love I love that I sort of have this like treat for myself to to keep it going. So, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it's, it's just like this fun different type of day than I normally yeah. have that's fun yeah okay so last year did you do you keep I know you keep track of everything you read do I you do. keep stats on diversity I do yeah I do I uh, have a spreadsheet that I keep and it lists um, author to the best of my knowledge sometimes sometimes I don't know um, but it lists like author identity items as well as character identity items and mm -hmm. so I try to try to make sure that I'm not just reading all white women which is a few years ago where I saw myself tending to go um, yeah. I know a lot of people say they read a lot of white men unless they are purposeful about their reading that was not the case for me I tend to read a lot of women but not people from different backgrounds different cultures um, so I do try to to incorporate that and be purposeful. And I would say it, in general, I was always aware of wanting to do that or at least have been for 
the recent past, uh, but especially because I am on this reading list committee where we want to give a wide variety of what we recommend ultimately. And so I like trying to keep an eye on on what we're recommending and what we're what I am putting forward to be discussed. And right. um, along with that, I do. It's an interesting. It's an interesting balance, I would say, because you don't want to miss out on a book that everybody is talking about, because then it seems like you're, in my mind, it seems like you're out of touch. If you're not, mm-hmm. there's some book that ever is getting rave reviews and everybody loves it. And it's like the epitome of the genre. We want to consider that as a best yeah. book of the genre, of course. But I think we also have the opportunity to look at some less well-known titles and authors and smaller presses potentially and things like that. So I do I do try to be at least on the lookout and considering books that I try to find in other ways than just what everybody is reading. So yeah. um, so I don't really well, have a number goal or anything like that. I just try to try to make sure that as I'm track as I'm as I'm reading and paying attention to what I'm reading, then I'm not veering too much in reading a whole lot of sameness, I would say. Yeah. And that's the that's the issue that you hear come up a lot as um, people talk about diversity. You hear you hear a lot of people who are not as um, interested in it saying, well, if these books were so notable, they would rise mm-hmm. to the top. And that's not the issue. It's that they never get attention in the first place from publishing houses or from... I mean, they don't get published right. period uh and or they don't get awards consideration because that's just not where people are focused mm-hmm. and so um having to make sure that you're you're not discounting things just because it's not your exact right. wheelhouse is is uh really yeah. important to do. what about you do you have diversity goals the only one so so i was looking at my spreadsheet because i also keep one which um you introduced me last year to the book riot mm-hmm. spreadsheet i had been doing my own um, but the book riot one is really helpful mm-hmm. because it doesn't make me do all of the number right. crunching that i was having to do which is fun but i i also found that i would never really get mm-hmm. to it at the end of the year and so this does it automatically um so i was looking at my stats for last year and i think i did fairly well uh with diversity the only thing that i saw that was um like i would say about a third of the books i read are diverse mm. authors or diverse characters um actually mm. both i think it was about a third or 40 percent mm. of each character and mm. author um the only thing that i really thought was lacking is that i have a really low lgbt author uh, mm. stats so i have a good number for lgbt characters but there are a lot of straight authors who write um mm-hmm. LGBT characters so I want to make sure I incorporate more authors mm-hmm. instead of and like own own voices, voices yeah. Of books yeah instead of just here's a, a straight author who's trying to right. ratchet up their diversity right points, yeah so. yeah I would say that's if if I had to pinpoint a goal it would be more own voices yeah books rather than yeah so okay so yeah. any anything else another thing I I have a list of books I want mm-hmm. to read <laughs> And I want to state them okay. here. For the record. So for the stenographer, record. take this down. <laughs> One of them is to finish War and Peace. <laughs> <laughs> Hallie, I'm so close. I know you are. I believe in you. I'm so 2020 close. 2020 is going to be your so... year. I know it. <laughs> from, from 
2015 to 2020. I know it. It's going to be your year. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm so close to finishing it. I know I talked about it in, I think, August. Uh, and I have kept plugging away at it. And I'm I just not, I'm not going to have it finished by the end of the year. So I'm very close. I think if I, I think I would have to try to not finish it in 2020. And I am determined I will. So the long running joke of one piece <laughs> on this podcast will finally come to an end. Um, uh, and then I have, I've also decided that I want to do a complete reread of Jane Austen. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And, and also along the way to replace my old copies of them, because I have a bunch of um, like pocket uh mass market mm-hmm. paperbacks that I, I've had for years and I would rather get some like nice annotated copies mm-hmm. of them. And I've also ne- I realized I have never you know she's one of my favorite authors. I usually say her as uh, my one of my top three favorite authors and I've never read her complete catalog and that is shameful. So um, I haven't read like the Juvenalia or Lady Susan or any of those kinds of things. So um, I want to make sure I do that this year and um, I think I can't remember if I've talked about it on the podcast, but I joined uh, JASNA this year, which is the Jane Austen Society of North America. And it is a delight. Aww. It is it is just so much fun. It's, it's people who are way smarter than I am talking about this thing that they care deeply about, and I get to just go along for the mm-hmm. ride. And so... It's just so much fun, and so they're they're much more invested than I am. I'm not someone who does cosplay or dresses up or anything, and this is much more academic than mm-hmm. than anything else. Um, but they do love to dress up and go to balls, and so I think uh, that might not be ever where I go on that. But I I just think it's completely fun, and so I've really enjoyed that. So I want to make sure that I'm I'm doing everything, uh, or or I'm. I'm an, as aware of everything that they're talking about as I can be. So I, I want to do a full reread of her. Um, and then I also want to, um, I have a lot of authors that I consider favorite authors that I, I don't know if there's any author that I've read their entire catalog, even even as a favorite. I, I just, I can't think of anyone that I, I can say that about. Um, which is pretty ridiculous. So I identified four authors that I wanted to make sure that I, I do this year. So they are Tana French, uh, Isaac Dinesen, Jane Austen, and Libba Bray. Very nice. And nice I feel like like a quarter, like an author uh-huh. a quarter or spread out through the year, but, you know, that's not too much. And they don't, none of them have really giant backlists. So um, I think that's doable. totally, Yeah. Totally. So, plus the Diviner series is coming to a close yes. at the beginning of next year, yeah. I think. And I have pre-ordered every <laughs> book besides the first one, and they are still <gasps> all on my bedside table and have not. I have I've only, I read the first one like three times or four times, uh, always with the intention of finishing out the mm-hmm. series, and I've never done it. So those audiobooks though are so good. I know, I know. They're fun in print and yeah. they're fun in audio, and you get different things yeah. from each of them. So it's it's a really great series that you can kind of go back and forth with. So, okay. So then what are our podcast goals? So one thing we've kind of vaguely talked about is, uh, starting a better social media mm-hmm. presence. And we have a Facebook page and we have a Twitter page. I routinely forget about the Twitter <laughs> page because we don't get a lot of response, yeah. uh, from anything we post. So, um, but we do get a thrill from having authors like our mm-hmm. posts. We so do that, like that. That's nice. Yeah. But I know that you've 
kind of mentioned an Instagram <laughs> yes, presence? Yes, I have. I have. I think that that would be fun to incorporate. I would like to do that in 2020. Yeah. 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 And then I think it would be fun to do a Litzy presence mm, as yeah. well, because I know that uh, several of my friends that I've met through Litzy, um, some of them I know in real life locally, they are podcast listeners. And it's super nice that they are fans of the show. And, and so it would be it's just a perfect audience for the podcast. And so I don't have a lot of um, aspirations of taking over the world <laughs> with this podcast. I'm not an ambitious person <laughs> in pretty much any aspect of my life. So uh, but I would like to take our little podcast to people that I yeah, think would appreciate absolutely. it. So. Hi, everybody from Let's yeah. See Who's Listening. That's so nice. Hi. Um, yeah. Anything else that you can think of? On, no, I mean, I still feel like we are finding our footing on doing this as a side project instead of as part yeah. of our jobs when we were back at the library. So I would just say um, getting some, getting consistent on putting out episodes, as, which I think We've been, despite a small snafu, which was out of our control, I think we've been doing pretty well with. But just managing that, I think that the recording and editing and show notes and all of that, they all take time. And I think that figuring out how that plays into the rest of our lives is just something I would like to feel feel comfortable with in 2020, make sure we're putting out good content that's interesting to people and fun for us to do and all of that good stuff. So yeah, those, I would say yeah. just sort of a general, general goal to make it the best that yeah. it can be and, and, and something, something interesting for people to listen to. Yeah. Maybe we need to think of it more as a side hustle instead of just, yeah, hobby. you're right. You're right. It should be a side hustle. Minus, <sighs> minus like minus making any money out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds like a good that sounds like a good year for us, I think, and we'll yeah. we'll keep you posted as we go along. <laughs> so my year is lots of things and yours is the reading list. Well, <laughs> you have a lot of responsibilities with yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, the, I would say that Can you say what your role is in it or So yeah, I the, the plan is that I will be the vice chair of the committee next year and then the chair of the committee the year after. So it will be another awesome. two-year commitment. And so I think I think I would like to continue what I did this year uh, as far as is balance of the reading and making sure that I'm devoting adequate time to it, but not feeling like it is overtaking my life and that I have the ability to do all the stuff that I enjoy in my life as well. And reading is obviously a part of that. I love to read. I never feel like it's really work to be doing the reading that I need to do. But, you know, there are times where I think I would rather be able to set the book aside and and do something else. And so I'm just trying to, to find that balance. And also just, like I said, there are certain hurts without without getting too deep into the the nomination process and all of that just trying to make sure that hitting all the basis of bases of the books that are getting lots of acclaim as well as the books that are maybe less noticed and and just trying to make sure that I'm just an awareness of of what's coming out and all of that is is part of all of this so so yeah I mean I have certain books that are on my list that I will want to read, although I don't really want to say what those are. But there are some big name books that are coming out that, and some that have already come out just based on kind of our calendar um, that I that I'll want to get to in 2020. 
So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I'm excited. I know. For it's, the list. it's so fun. It's so fun to do. All right. Well, we'll take a little break. We'll be right back with what we're reading this week. And what are you reading this week? Um, so I actually read this a while ago, but the things I'm reading this week are kind of, they're mysteries that are just pretty standard and I don't think there's enough to uh, okay. say about them to, to make it worthwhile. So I'm, I want to talk about The Monk by oh, Matthew interesting. Lewis. And I almost con- included this on my favorites uh, list from uh, last week. And I decided not to just because it, it did take me a while to get through and it's it's a classic but it's a very minor classic and so it isn't really compulsively readable in the way I want a book to be or like really um rewarding in a way that you consider a favorite Mm -hmm. book to be but I also kind of loved reading it so um so I wanted to make sure I talked about it it's uh it was published in 1796 and it was a huge hit at the time but it was censored because it was so scandalous and um you may know it from being referenced in Northanger Abbey mm-hmm. by Jane Austen and I actually read it for one of my Jasna meetings where we talked about um the history of the gothic novel and uh it was funny when we, when I went to the meeting because everyone else was saying how much they hated these books and I'm like I kind of love <laughs> So I just think they're really funny. So so it's a super convoluted book, so I, I don't know how I'm going to describe it. But the gist of it is there's a monk named Ambrosio, and he is uh, just kind of the toast of Madrid. And he is uh, he preaches at the cathedral and, ever, and just thousands of people come to hear him speak. And so there's a, a, a young woman named Antonia and her aunt and they go to hear him speak. And Antonia is completely enraptured by what she's what he says. And so um, she has this very strong religious experience. And so while she's there, she meets a man named Lorenzo and there's this instant attraction between them. And kind of the side story is that Lorenzo has a sister who is in an abbey and her name is Agnes. And she is revealed to be pregnant by Lorenzo's friend, Raymond. Um, There are a lot of characters Uh in this book. Um, And so she goes to Ambrosio to confess what has happened and he is known for this extreme piousness and just rightness of character but um with her abbess's support he refuses to show her mercy and he condemns her to whatever punishment um is coming to to her and and uh it's going to be awful so in the meantime ambrosio has grown close to this novice monk in his uh in his um oh there's a word for it I can't remember in the mm-hmm. in the monastery, but then he reveals that he is actually a she oh. named Matilda, and that she is in love with him. And he uh, Ambrosio gives her a rose, and then is bitten by a serpent and is poisoned. And while he's dying, Matilda sucks the poison oh. from him, and then she's going to die. But she, her last wish is that he will make love to her. And obviously, this is something that can't happen. But he succumbs, and. He does because she looks like the Madonna that's hanging in his cell. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> scandalous. <laughs> um, and this is the beginning of his destruction. And so he immediately goes, grows disgusted by what he has done and he fixates on Antonia and he is determined to seduce her. And this is just the beginning of the book. 
it is wackadoodle. <laughs> Sounds insane. <laughs> it's it's it is insane. I I posted something about this on Litzy and uh, I said I don't know how many people have heard of this or read this, but it is insane. And so many people, I mean, not not a ton of people. It isn't it isn't that famous of a book, but everyone that had read it said, yeah, you just can't believe what's coming. It's it is insane. And so um, there are things like a ghost that's called the Bleeding Nun. And there are demons and incest and missing babies and magic means of entering secret rooms. And there are things that happen that I was absolutely scandalized by. I, I can't believe that this was written when it was because it is shocking. And it's just a romp. It's really fun. Um, if you like classics and you like a sort of uh, an unlaced version of the classics, then give this book a try. It's really, really funny um, and, and very enjoyable. And it's called The Monk by Matthew Lewis. Well, mine is very different. <laughs> <laughs> so mine is a romance called Best Laid Plans by Lauren Blakely. Lauren Blakely is a new author to me, and I discovered her through a professional kind of commitment, not separate from the reading list. She is a she is just a delightful writer. She writes these funny uh, romances that are great. I don't know. I just, I, I've listened to a few of them now and they're pretty awesome. So this one um, is about a girl named Arden who her boyfriend, she has set up a picnic for her boyfriend and he shows up and breaks up with her because he says he wants more of a bad girl. She's too much of a good girl. And, and so she's upset about this partially because she's thinking to herself nobody's ever given me the opportunity to be a bad girl like there maybe I would like to be a bad girl but nobody's ever let me like explore that side of me and so as she is sitting there a bit stunned about this a guy comes running by his name is Gabe and it's somebody she actually knows who he's a firefighter and she owns a bookstore in a small town and so they're right near each other so she knows Wait, is she a bookstore owner? I'm getting my books confused. I think she's a bookstore owner. I'm sorry. I've read a lot recently. But I think she, I think yeah. she's a bookstore owner. She's a bookstore owner? She might be a baker. She owns one of the small <laughs> businesses that people in romances own. Yes, and Cozy right. Mysteries. Thank you. So Gabe stops to make sure she's okay. And they're, they're acquaintances. They have met before, but they're not friends or anything. But so they strike up a conversation and it comes out that they both really like Words with, Re- Words with Friends, the app that's like Scrabble. Yeah. So they start playing Words, Words with Friends. So then, oh, excuse me, it jumps to about a year later. And they're Words with Friends buddies and they hang out sometimes and they're, they just become friends, really. Like they, they like each other as, in a friendly way. And except Gabe maybe likes her a little bit more than a friendly way, but he's not really sure how to say that because now they've established this close friendship. And so he's not really sure what to do about that. Yes, she is a bookstore owner because she is inspired by these women who have a book club, who host a book club in her bookstore. And um, they're all older women, but they, they, as book clubs tend to do, they don't always just focus on the book. They start talking about their own experiences, their own lives. And uh, she's, by eavesdropping on them because they're in her in her store, she starts thinking to herself, they've had all these crazy experiences and I, wanna, I want the opportunity to do it. So she decides that for a week, she wants to explore all the different options for her to be a little naughtier. And who better to help her than Gabe? So she... Uh, 
they decide it's just going to be all hypothetical. Like this, it's not going to be physical in any way. It's all just like almost a thought experiment. But you can imagine how well that goes. It's he, they're attracted to each other. They're talking about all these kind of naughty things, and um, and things progress as you would imagine. So it's really funny. It's really sweet. It's pretty steamy. I will give that warning that it 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 gets pretty explicit. Um, and I listened to the audiobook. It's really delightful. The narrators are great, and they, it's um. It's something called a duet narration, which I had never heard before. Oh, yeah. Where, so usually, even if you have two narrators, where um, it switches their perspective, when it's the man's chapter, he still reads, the, the male narrator will still read the female parts. But in this, it was like more like a play, where when it's her lines, yeah. she says them, when they're his lines, he says them, and then when it's his perspective, or his chapter, it's the male narrator and vice versa. So it was really, it was fun. It was, it made it kind of an immersive listening experience. So I really enjoyed it. It's called Best Laid Plans by Lauren Blakely. It's very light if you need something. I know this this time of year for me can be, um, so much is going on, so much is happening. Reading anything can feel like I need something very light because otherwise I just don't have the attention span to devote to something more serious or involved or challenging. And so this would be perfect for that sort of like, just need a little bit of an escape in your brain, maybe something to read before bed, that sort of thing. So Best Laid Plans by Lauren Blakely. Nice. I also had, I had never heard of that type of uh, narration yeah. before until I, I also had a professional commitment where I was listening to audiobooks and uh, it was mm. a Michael Connolly book, and they they did that, and I I had never heard it before. It was it yeah was very different. I, yeah, was... at first I wasn't sure if I liked it, but then once it sort of didn't feel odd to me, I really actually did. Then it just felt like yeah. I was yeah watching yeah. a TV show or listening to yeah. It just I don't know yeah. it fit it fit really well. All right, so yeah, there's no real reason to go back and discuss what we um the books we read because we only talked about those two right so uh so right. we'll just we'll just wrap up we'll say happy new year um and here's to a good 2020 if you want to get in touch with us you can give us feedback or a suggestion on a topic you'd like us to discuss you can email us at wellreadpod at gmail.com find us on our facebook page or on twitter at wellreadpodcast uh, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast provider. Our theme music is Kitten by Poddington Bear. We keep our show notes at wellreadpodcast.wordpress.com. And thank you all for listening. Happy reading. Happy New Year.